Tequila. Welcome to Mr. Cack and Me. I am Chris, also known as Mr. Cack, also known as your daddy. Uh, and I am here to talk to you about anything that may fall out of my mind. This is an unscripted podcast that just goes off the rails at a moment's notice within a whim of my choosing. Today's episode, we're going to give me a little, a little, a little monologue, a little breather, a little rant space for me, Mr. Cack, as I kind of throw some stuff out there that have been percolating in my mind. One of the first things is the tequila song makes me think of Pee Wee Herman, uh, more specifically Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, where his bike is stolen and he goes on a quest to get that damn bike. But it also reminds me that Pee Wee Herman was in, well not Pee Wee Herman, but Paul Rubens, the man that plays Pee Wee Herman, was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the 1990s movie, and he has by far one of the best death scenes I have ever seen recorded. If you have not seen the 1990s classic, cult classic, if you will, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so not the series starring Sarah Michelle Gellar, but the the movie that stars, I don't remember her name, and a Sutherland. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was Kiefer. I think Kiefer was uh, was the was the Giles of that one. But anyways, Paul Rubens is the minion vampire to the head evil vampire of this movie, uh, and and his death scene uh, is literally him doing the. If you've seen Family Guy, so if you're younger and you've seen Family Guy, when Peter Griffin falls down and skins his ankle or not his ankle, his knee, and he sits there and goes ah. Ah, that is a direct ripoff of Paul Rubens' vampire dying for about a good five minutes in the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now, you watch the movie, you may think to yourself, Mr. Cack, why did you recommend this movie? This isn't an Oscar-worthy movie for me, and to which I say, pish posh, watch the damn movie and enjoy it for what it is. A high school girl you know t- tackling the evils of vampirism in her in her town to to save her prom and get through graduation uh it is all the high jinky stereotypical teenage schluck of of how 90s movie directors perceived young people it's great it's great you should watch it you should enjoy it you should take it for what it is it's not meant to be perfect all right it's just meant to satisfy your hunger of uh, bizarre uh, cinema. Just watch it. Just watch it. Be happy. Or don't watch it. Don't be happy. I don't give a crap. Uh, But speaking of things that make me happy. Now, before I get into this, this thing that makes me happy, I do want to address something. There is a list of Kanye West beefs out there. And at some point, not only do I want to comb through the things that make ye go Damn. But I would also like to, if not me, someone else at my request, I would like someone or myself to sit down and do this. I want someone in the in the spirit of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire to <laughs> to cover Kanye's list of beefs. And I'm not just talking about the uh, the original list of beefs that were thrown out there. I'm talking about the amended list that I think Kanye uh, updated, including <laughs> including some names, factions, and people uh, that weren't originally uh, outed as his beef list. Uh, and, and listen, 
while while there's a lot of joking that can be done, I you know I agree with one of those, and that's Peppa Pig. But we'll cross that bi- bridge at another time. I think definitely, if I can't make myself my own, we didn't start the fire to Kanye's beef list. Um, then I at least want to have that conversation about uh, Kanye's greatest uh, greatest angers uh, with someone else to to at least see if maybe I'm just disillusioned by how awesome it is that Kanye West has beefs with everything that breathes. Um, I, I I respect it, man. I respect you just being angry at every damn thing that looks at you funny. Uh, I feel like we live in a world where, you know, it's a little, it's a little faux pas to be that angry. But hey, as that one kid that I don't remember the name of said in, uh, in Red, Red Dawn, uh, the hate keeps him warm. So <laughs> Kanye's surviving thriving uh, doing his weird stuff uh with that hate burning in him and it's driving him forward you know with Kanye we can only hope that he's being a good dad uh, he's found himself a new Kim Kardashian so that's pretty cool so uh you know I listen I don't want to get caught up in the Kanye of it all uh there's other things I would like to discuss today and that is this first things first I'm the realist so I have to always include that anytime I do a list but second I got a haircut. You can't see it. You're listening to this on an audio podcast. But I want you to know, the the guy that cut my hair today did a damn good job. And I'm very proud of him. And if you're listening, you're not listening. But if you were listening, I'm proud of you, Josh. Thank you. You're an American hero. You're you're a true sport. You're beautiful. Uh, you're, you're beautiful. Uh, it's true. Uh, but yeah, so thank you. I appreciate my haircut. I like me. I like me a good haircut, man. It just makes you feel good. It makes you feel good about everything. I'm also not wearing sleeves. Ah, look at these no muscle definition. It's just, it's just an arm. Again, this is making poor audio podcast content because you can't see it. So leave your imagination open. However you picture me right now in your mind's eye, that's it. That's what I am. <laughs> you know, however you want to view me. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you any cheat codes to figure it out. If you know me in person, hey, there you go. It's the same story, but just a little bit older than maybe what you remember, and has a beard. Uh, hi, Stephanie. You ever gonna record a podcast episode with me? Okay. Well, I've confirmed a guest for one of these weeks, even though she said two weeks ago that she would record an episode with me. I think it's going on three weeks now, so that's pretty cool. Um, so thank you, Stephanie. Shout out to you. Shout out to my wife. So there's a there's a hierarchy, right? There's candy, then there's Reese's peanut butter cups in all their iterations, and then above Reese's peanut butter cups in all their iterations, there are Reese's seasonal candies. So the Reese's peanut butter egg, the um, the Christmas tree, or I guess nondescript tree during Christmas time, uh, pumpkins, pumpkins for Halloween, the the pumpkins for Halloween. Uh, you know, football kind of has one, but that's just like an Easter egg with a different, like a weird point with like two weird points. Uh, so, and I would go a step further and say within the hierarchy of the seasonal Reese's, Reese's peanut butter eggs during the Easter time, during the springtime are the best, the best of the best when it comes to Reese's candies. So I love Reese's peanut butter cups, but they pale in comparison to the seasonal stuff. I love all the seasonal stuff, but all of it can be dwarfed by the eggs. If the eggs were year round, I would shovel those things down my gullet. And I don't know why. And you know, it's really weird uh, why that is. 
there's just something about the the seasonal stuff itself. It's shaped different. It's bigger. There's more peanut butter. The chocolate ratio is different. But honestly, to me, they taste different. Something about the chocolate tastes different than a normal Reese's. I think I posted on my Instagram, the Mr. Cack and Me Instagram, maybe a week or so ago, the the York peppermint patty is, what would I do for a York peppermint patty? I, I'd throw it away and get like a Reese's. Uh, and someone said they disagreed with that. I, well, the Southern hippie, she disagreed with it. And I would like to know, am I wrong in thinking that the Reese's is not only the superior candy, but their seasonal line is by far the best version of Reese's? Like, am I crazy? Do other people agree? I, I know other people agree, but do you, my listeners, agree? Um, if you don't, find my social media and just yell. Uh, just yell whatever you want in whichever one of the pictures that you want. Uh, so I have just a, I just have an Instagram for this. Uh, so feel free to, feel free to tear that apart. I'll start posting more of my stuff on, on my Prime, my I am Chris Cagle uh, Twitter handle. Uh, for Mr. Cack and me. So you can go on there. You can find me on Twitter at I am Chris Cagle and, and yell your thoughts about Reese's to me on there. I'll try to provide some some opening tweet that will allow you to focus your either agreeance or disagreeance on Reese's there. Maybe I'll just post this. Hey, hey, Twitter. Blah, blah. I don't, I don't know why I suddenly became uh, Dracula mixed with like Count Cocoa Puff or whatever. It's just like, I want to suck your blood and chocolate. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, maybe it's because I've seen some Hotel Transylvania since my kids are wanting to watch that. So that's three things right off the right off the cuff for you from the mind of, of, of CAC. And I think I do have one more thing. Listen, we're now entering the stretch of, of decent to good to great weather. Uh, so we've recently, especially if you're down south, and I assume up north, in America, we were recently hit with a weird round of weather in most places. So down where I am in the southern portion of the United States of America, uh, we've had intermittent ice-snow uh, uh, accumulation uh, pretty much every other week. Uh, so it's, it's caused some issues. It's, it's been lovely for when it was snow, but this last round was just sleet and just ice, and it, it was not a good deal for anyone. But now we're hitting good weather. Today the high was 73. Uh, we just went from below free. We went from the teens to 73. Uh, so everything's going to start getting better. The sun's going to be out more. It's going to smell nice. Spiders are coming back. Frogs are coming back. Mosquitoes are coming back. All the annoying but signs of life and, and things returning to good weather are going to be out and about. You will be out and about. You'll be enjoying yourself uh, more going outside, doing fun things outside, taking your kids if you have kids or your pets if you have pets outside and enjoying that time. But there's another thing that comes with this spring, and that's what I want you to be aware of and worried about. Listen, some of you are going to take all this beautifulness, you're going to look at your partner, and you're going to say, hey, let's bang. And I want you to be safe, you know, be safe. Because some of you, you're going to make some very interesting, very fun choices here, and you're going to have a November baby. And I just want you to be prepared for that. Uh, as someone that has my first child as a November baby, there's a lot of fun that can be happening in the spring. Just be smart. Be prepared for what you're doing. If you're in a situation where you don't want kids, can't have kids, don't need kids, or are not trying for kids, hey, have fun. Be safe. Regardless, be safe. Uh, but enjoy all this beautiful return to 
to loving life and happiness that comes associated with spring as we all thaw out and, and try to be a little bit better. We're also at a point where mask mandates are easing up or disappearing altogether. It's been two years where we're we're essentially at as much of a finish line as you're probably going to see, or at least the starting stages of of passing through a finish line. Uh, eventually, we'll have there'll be some big marker where you know the president or somebody will say we did it. Where am I? Uh, so all of that will happen, and we'll all be super excited. But this right now is probably the starting point uh, of the beginning of the end of the pandemic being the pandemic, and, and while. There was nothing good about the pandemic. Uh, there were some good moments, some silver linings I was able to find, but I'll do a wrap-up of that uh, a little bit later once I've had a chance to fully collect my thoughts. I'm just going to enjoy right now that I can you know, enter some places that I couldn't before without needing to wear a mask, and I feel relatively fine about that. And it's going to be an adjustment phase. Ah, listen, I'm not getting into it right now. I'm not getting into it right now. we got other things. So what I'm about to do is I'm about to have Al or Zach, depending on which name you want to know him by, Join in. Uh, since this is an episode of things I love or am loving or making love to or enjoying in just in general, we're going to talk about something else that's very high up on my um, serotonin depositing list, and that is The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Uh, sorry, I knocked over my daughter's can of Pringles. My daughter sometimes sneaks in here and sits down next to me and just eats snacks. And I'm, I'm proud of her. I'm very proud of her. You make me very proud, Charlotte. Carter also doesn't. You also make me proud, buddy. Stephanie doesn't do it, but she also eats snacks, so she makes me very proud, too. You make me proud, Stephanie. And Chris, you're great. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Um, but we're going to talk about the Righteous Gemstones. We did this on another stream on my Twitch account, so if you would like to ever join in and check out my Twitch, where we do all the live recording of content, uh, it is just twitch.tv backslash M-R-C-A-C, Mr. Keck. Uh, and you can check us out. We usually stream Mondays and Fridays. Uh, so right now we're at a weird time where we've had some some days off. And that will kind of continue as we work through some of the spring scheduling stuff. Uh, but on there, myself and Al or myself and my brother or myself and TJ uh, or some of the other guests, we'll, we'll talk about a bunch of nerdy stuff. But I I really felt like my love for TV is something that has been highlighted on Mr. Cack and me. So I think our discussion recently about the righteous gemstones in the first season and where we were at with the second season play into Mr. Cack and me very well because my love of TV is something that is clearly a defining personality trait of me. Um, I was super excited when Treva came on for her one of her episodes to talk about the shows and series and films that she was into uh, because that is that is something that I, I do I do devour a lot of content uh, of digital media uh, so so I hope you enjoy this. All right, next up, The Righteous Gemstones. So this was something I pushed out there for Al to watch. Uh, this is kind of a tangent of our Rage You Nerds where we're going to look at an HBO uh, or I guess a streaming service series. I, from pretty much episode one, have been in love with The Righteous Gemstones. Um, it stars uh, John Goodman, Danny McBride, um, Adam Devine or Adam Devine, however you say his name, uh, and I don't know the lady's name, but their sister, Judy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Walton Goggins has a pretty strong uh, supporting role in it, and Walter Goggins is amazing. Uh, and it's basically following this family that that run a super church, 
and seeing some of the hijinks and misadventures and just how downright awful and out of touch some of these people are. Uh, and you get kind of the balance between a father in John Goodman's Eli Gemstone who seemingly wants to do right and have this religious thing, but they're also very clearly in love with the uh, the monetary and materialistic things that come with it. I mean, he built a he built a theme park uh, on his huge acreage of land. Uh, the kids, Danny McBride, Adam Devine, the girl. <laughs> I need to find her name. Eddie, um, Edie Patterson. Edie Patterson. So you've got you've got Jesse, Clevin, Kelvin, Jesse, Kelvin. Uh, and Judy, the the siblings, the three children of Eli uh, and his deceased wife. Uh, and they're rotten, spoiled, awful, uh, pretty much everything that seems to be counterintuitive of what you see them portrayed in their church format. Uh, except for Judy. Judy's kind of crazy the entire time. Ooh. You get to meet their families, and season one weaves a tangled web of uh, of, of, of coming of coming to uh, a head when it comes to families and, and father-sons, father-daughters, father-children relationships. Uh, season two has started here recently, uh, and we're about at the end of that, and it's been a culmination of kind of, again, uh, father, son, father, children, and more so tying into families and fathers forgiving their children uh, for a lot of things, so... Uh, it's been interesting. How have you, what has been your thoughts on the Righteous Gemstones, Al? Oh, you know, by the, watching the first episode, I was hooked. I, it was hilarious. It was funny. I, it re- kind of reminds me of, you know, the jo- Joel Olstein. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, That's exactly his... who I think of when <laughs> when I saw the premise for this. And, and so it just, it, it plays, uh, it's like a parody on a real church, you know, and like, but it could actually happen. It does happen in America and around the world. And, and so, so it, every parody comes from a source of inspiration. Oh yeah. And, and then you have, I mean, you have Danny McBride as Jesse, who is that kid that is just want to be the, the, the light for the father to just put, put in uh, front of everybody to be able to do what his father wants him to do. And his father just puts him down every chance he can get. And then you have Judy, who's the middle child, who's the crazy one, who just wants to just – she's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then you have uh, Adam Devine as uh, Kelvin, who is emotionally unstable and doesn't know – I, I want to say he doesn't know what his sexuality is at all. Okay, so that's an interesting point. I think it is a running gag of uh, this young – virgin who has a very close male companion and in season two surrounds himself with muscular men and seems to be not all that interested in the opposite sex while he's never shown anything sexually so i mean he could be like asexual maybe he just doesn't care about sex at all but it does seem like his sexuality is supposed to get us thinking of like wait a minute like like is he (laughs) like and and that would be an arc that would be weird for them to uh, to come to a head with because of uh, his family and how his siblings already act. Yeah. Um, but but Jesse is a a firstborn child. He's the oldest, and you see a lot of the the stereotypes that come with being the oldest. He feels like it's his burden to carry. He's the one that has to step up and be the leader of the family. 
It's just his father's not ready to give up leadership of the family. Nor does he rightly think Jesse's ready for it because Jesse's kind of a screw up. Yeah. Judy is a middle child, and as someone that comes from an immediate family of three, a brother-sister-brother combination, uh, I definitely see how a middle sister would go crazy. Uh, middle children, stereotypically, are the the aberration wild child because they're caught between, at one time they were the baby, they've never been the oldest, they're trying to find their own place in the world, so they may go uh, down a mischievous past or path, and then... Kelvin is the baby like there's he was spoiled and what's sad is we've seen like flashbacks where he was this young bright not as awful as the other siblings like he's the one that actually had a chance to potentially be closer to what Eli his father uh, and his mother actually wanted in a kid because Jesse was awful since we've seen him Judy's been crazy since we've seen her even in the flashbacks yeah and Kelvin was like this prodigy. They were proud of him. He could play the piano blindfold. Uh, and then he was corrupted <laughs> by, <laughs> by his family. Uh, and then it just went and down then we, Well, we also – and then we have like the side characters in Baby Billy. Uh, his I, wife, love Baby Billy. <laughs> Baby Billy. I love Baby Billy. Baby Billy. I love Baby Billy. His – his wife, who's also kind of crazy, um, and then we have BJ, who is that, <laughs> I love that BJ out, too. <laughs> far outsider that is trying just to make the family like him, and he just can't get it right. I, I love when he calls Eli daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna do that, son. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I pushed that. Uh, but I mean, it's such a it's such a fun show, like. Uh, I challenge someone that hasn't seen it that has access to HBO Max. Go watch the very cold. Go watch the cold open to the very first episode. It's them doing mission work in China, <laughs> and, and it basically feels like like it, you should get a pretty good impression from Jump how, on how this is going to be. And if that's for you, awesome. Uh, but like, there's aside from BJ uh, and Baby Billy. Uh, there are there's Martin who is the close uh, financial advisor to Eli in the church, um, and we see how their relationship was kind of forged as strong as it is in season two. Then you have Jesse's family. Uh, he has three sons. The oldest son in season one had estranged himself from the family to pursue stunt work and acting in Hollywood. Uh, and then his other children are kind of just shits. Uh, and his wife, his wife is interesting. Uh, yeah. she wasn't super interesting in season one until we found out that she was like a skilled marksman that was like going oh, for the Olympics and she pulled out a sniper rifle like, or she pulled out a rifle and started trying to gun down Jesse. Uh, so that was interesting. That was interesting. Um, and I try to think, is there any other uh, potential characters that, so season two's introduced some new characters. Yeah. You see more of Eli's past back in, uh, Memphis and Arkansas where he, which I love, I love knowing that Eli's from Arkansas yeah. and he's got this tie to Memphis, which means that he was crossing that West Memphis borderline to get there. Um, so yeah, you see a little bit more of his relationship with his past. And I think it's awesome that you have Eli this uh, ministry character, this this persona that goes out on stage and performs and, and has people called to action, and seeing that his background is professional wrestling or wrestling yeah. uh, of like a regional variety of the time uh, from the Memphis circuit. And it's like, that makes total sense. Like, 
he's someone that since you know he was young had been yeah. performing on a stage where he was trying to elicit emotions from people because that's what wrestling is. It's the art of not just doing the moves. If you do the moves, it's entertaining, right? But what really makes it entertaining is that you see characters that you either want to root for or that you absolutely hate because they're jerks. Uh, so you get to see a little bit of Eli's character, and I think it makes total sense why he uh, transitioned into um, a ministry calling. Because... Uh, <laughs> And I, I try to find myself not being facetious to all the whole notion of everything because I don't want this, and it never truly comes off this way that it's just an outright crapping on religion. It's crapping on the people that seem to use religion to gather resources exactly. that aren't necessarily helping. Like Eli and his super church are helping people, but they've helped themselves too. And I think that's where you start to have... It's one where the humor of the story is, but it's also like the, yeah, these people are kind of, you know, I mean, they make it very clear these people are screwed up. I mean, uh, the sister just letting her talk alone is some of the most vile stuff you'll hear when she snaps over nothing. Uh, I like how she confronted BJ at his work and went ape shit on, <laughs> yeah. on a vehicle with a, a shopping cart. Uh, so you try not to, so it's it's not putting the religion in a judgmental tone, but it is putting those super churches uh, in the line of fire for how righteous they may be. Haha, used part of the title for this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, you know, we saw the last episode, um, and we learned that it was not uh, Junior. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> your what is your prediction on who it is? I want to hear what yours is, and then I'll tell you what mine is. Okay, so two episodes ago, since they didn't hit either Jesse or Amber, my thought was it is Eric Andre's character, the Listens down in Texas, the the young couple that have taken over their super church in Texas that were very intent on getting money from the Gemstones to join them in a joint beach project. But now... I still think that's my number one pick for who's targeting Eli uh, with the motorcycle men. I love that they keep being referred to as the motorcycle men, but badass assassins, and I have thoughts on why I think they make the most sense to be par paired up with the listens. But like, part of me thinks that maybe there's something going on with Amber too. Like, she has all this gun stuff. They clearly weren't trying to hit her when they were shooting at her and Jesse. Uh, she could have easily shot one of them, and she didn't take any of them out. She shot through Jesse's ass in the end of first season. <laughs> I feel pretty confident that someone that's been training to be a Mark's man, Mark's woman, Mark's person uh, for the Olympics, that I think she probably could have hit one of them dead on. It's kind of weird that she hasn't. This season has seen her put more in the spotlight of trying to pursue stuff for her own uh, benefit. So taking a lot of pleasure in um, getting that adulation from the couple's ministry that her and Jesse have been doing to the point that it made Jesse feel challenged. Uh, I found it weird how she had seemingly forgave Jesse to start this season. I thought their relationship would be a lot more strained than what it was. Yeah. But now it would make sense if by the end of this we find out, no, she's not only held on to this, but she's trying to make a power play in the family. Like, hell, like, I, I think that'd be pretty cool. But the reason I think it's the listens, listens is the fact that these 
four teenage boys that were arrested for trying to kill Eli, uh, that they got caught in episode seven, so two weeks ago. When we found out in this week's episode that they didn't have any fingerprints, they weren't in any system, it seems like maybe like a strong cult that is being forged by Eric Andre's character or his wife uh, down in Texas, kind of creating his own crusaders. Uh, it feels like maybe that's where this is going, is that he's basically trained a, a militant faction within his own church to carry out his dirty work because we found out in like episode two that he helped his father step down from the lead of their ministry. So he was very much in the same position as Jesse and his father took a tumble uh, and ended up in the hospital and then he was able to push him off into a nursing home after the fact. Uh, and they made no bones about letting us know that he got his hands dirty to do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do think it's the listens. Um, that is my number one. Um, Amber is also a good one because Jesse, for sure, I, I think has no idea who it is because, you know, he he sets up a plan to try to catch them and all that. And then Gideon stops them all. And so Amber, Amber is a good one. I, I could see that being it. Um I'm I'm gonna throw you a curveball, and I I'm gonna, I think it could be Judy. I think Judy could be really, it. really, just, just so, because of how crazy she could be at times. So I don't know if you've seen I don't know if you've seen the um, sneak peek. I watched the sneak oh, no, peeks for the. It so I watched the sneak peeks because it's offered at the bottom before like before the episode ends. Uh, and the sneak peek for season or for the last episode, so this upcoming Sunday's episode. It seems like they're trying to like let you know because Jesse reads a verse from Luke that talks about how um, if your if your sister uh, or if your brother sins against you and you know they ask for forgiveness, you forgive them even if you forgive them seven times in a day or something like that. And it like keeps showing just the family members, and it seems like maybe it is trying to like make out that maybe someone in the family is betraying them. Uh, so that made me kind of think a little bit more about what if it was Amber, but what if it was Judy? What if it's BJ? We know that yeah. BJ also is clearly unstable uh, yeah. from his birthday Hell. party, and his family seems very weird as well. Like they seem like they're nice people, but like maybe they're hiding crazy too. I mean, it can't. It could be Aunt Tiffany. Aunt Tiffany, just God, <laughs> God bless Aunt Tiffany. There's. <laughs> She needs help, and I'm glad that Judy and BJ invited her to stay because <laughs> the more she described what she was going back into while pregnant uh, sounded absolutely awful. So kudos <laughs> to Judy and Tiffany. I, I don't – I just can't see it being one of the siblings. I can't see it – and we haven't even talked about Keith, uh, who Eli called Queef. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Keith is the, <laughs> is the uh, friend, partner – platonic partner of uh of kelvin uh who is a reformed satanist and drug user uh oh that scene where he was in the bath yeah and and well i mean he's also got 666 it's faded yeah, well, but he's yeah. got 666 tattooed across I, his, like when he's in uh, that chest. like salt bath though it's yeah like, and you see the... his wiener out yeah <laughs> um he the, he was the baby and he was in in the milk chamber they never explained what that's supposed yeah. to be uh and nor do i want them to ever explain <laughs> what he was floating in. Um, but uh, Keith seems so loyal. Uh, Calvin, like it can't be Kelvin. Kelvin just doesn't seem aware enough of things to, to, to be this. I, I yeah, mean, I, I don't see that. Out of the siblings, he's probably the closest to being a 
positive example, but still spoiled, man. Still broken because of how spoiled he is. Uh, Judy just seems way too batshit crazy to have organized anything. But, uh, you know, her and BJ could be doing it together. True. It's true. BJ oh. BJ is kind of secretive. I mean, he sat there, and technically BJ followed Eli Gemstone uh, for like an entire day without Eli <laughs> being aware of it, while Eli rode the roller coaster for like seven times straight. <laughs> so, I mean, there is a possibility that, you know, maybe, maybe. And, and uh, I, I did like this last episode. I was not expecting uh, Harmon to be Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I'm glad they showed Harmon because at first I thought maybe Harmon was behind it. Well, I thought Harmon was BJ at first because, like, the way oh, the, the episode ended. That'd be awful. And then, <laughs> I was just so confused at first. I was uh, like, what? So, so I, I'm thankful that Harmon was shown finally so we can kind of dismiss it. But honestly, could we dismiss Harmon? Oh. He's super he, – like, he's, he, he's well off. He's a lawyer. We're not sure where he's at emotionally, stability-wise. I mean, he had that cute little story where his mom, you know, tried to make him feel better by telling him that the cat that she purchased for him at the mall uh, was his father reincarnated. Um, but I mean, if I don't know the way he punched his father, the way he took some <laughs> joy out of that. Like, not to say that baby Billy didn't deserve it. More people should punch baby Billy. Oh, for sure. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Harmon probably could. I still think it's the listens. I think they're gonna because the listens are stationed in Texas. I think they're gonna do a very clear Waco. Uh, reference to the um, standoff with the police down in Waco. You're going to see militant religious people, I think. I think that's where they're tipping their hat to with the big reveal. But I would be I'd be happy to be surprised. And I think anyone other than the listens would be a good surprise. But I just, I can't shake that it has to be the listens. They have the money, the resources, and uh, they're very clearly wanting the uh, gemstones money involved in their project and they would do anything to have it. And I think that would be very much killing Eli. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. So, but it's hard to put it past this family. Season one was all about a member of the family trying to hurt the family, uh, with, um, Amber and Jesse's oldest son. Uh, Oh God, what's his name? Gideon, Gideon. with Gideon, uh, betraying the family, uh, to try to blackmail them for money with him and his uh, stunt team friends, and that ended horrifically for a lot of people. Uh, but I, I remember them throwing the girlfriend down the side oh, of the God. road, and she's like, "Help! <laughs> How did I get down there?" <laughs> well, uh, so I thought I thought season one was interesting. Uh, season two has been pretty interesting. Um, it, I I can't wait to see how this plays off. Uh, I hope the muscle men, now that they've been wowed by their muscle messiah in Kelvin, uh, I hope that some of them stick around uh, because it seems like with there being 10 motorcycle men that Eli and the rest of the gemstones could use a combination of muscle men, uh, men that are in trouble with their wives, so Jesse's army, <laughs> and uh, Junior. And Junior. And oh, who else? There's got to oh yeah, Junior. So yes, Junior with yeah. the uh, with the wrestlers. wrestlers. Yeah, I think I think 
for some reason, I think we're going to get like a uh, Lord of the Rings. F I want there to be like a Lord of the Rings five armies type thing <laughs> where, where you have the muscle men, you have the motorcycle men, you have the almost on divorce and trouble men, uh, and then you have the wrestlers from Memphis. Yeah, uh, Something about that would just be hilarious to me. Uh, but I, I think the... I think the end game is going to be a lot more subtle when this finally comes to a head next week. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's very true. So, uh, in the in the peak ahead, it shows that they're going to the the beach. So uh, it seems like Zion's landing might be the the final confrontation. If it's the listens, I imagine people are going to be held at gunpoint on that beach. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Could be wrong. I would I would love it if it's Amber or Judy or BJ because you just don't. You don't fully want to expect them, but man, Amber's kind of been pulling some power plays this season. Yeah, with some of the things she says too. So, especially when Jesse called her a gold digger, <laughs> you, you could tell that really, that really got to her. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if uh, Amber has fully forgiven Jesse uh, from season one because that one that was a plot point that I mean made sense because she seemed pretty forgiving for a lot of things. I mean. Jesse wasn't doing a very good job hiding his indiscretions from her. Uh, he's kind of a buffoon. She can't be that dense. Um, but I also think that there's clearly a hidden darkness in her. Eli said this episode, the devil's in all of us. Doesn't mean he has to win, but maybe he won inside of Amber. Yeah. We'll see. All right. That was me and Al or Zach or, you know, whatever you want to call them, uh, talking the righteous gemstones let me know how you feel about The Righteous Gemstones if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, please go out there and watch it. It's hilarious. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Uh, I, I get that the topic that they're ridiculing because it initially just looks like religion could be very, or Christianity to be more specific, could be very off-putting for some of you. I promise you it may still offend the crap out of you, but please just give it a shot. They're not taking aim at every Christian. They're not taking aim at all religion. Uh, they are taking aim at these super churches, which I think we can all agree that we have some level of skepticism towards when looking at some of them. Uh, but yeah, if you disagree, let me know. Let me know what show I should watch. Tell me what show I should be watching. I'll go watch that, and I'll tell you how I feel about that show. But this has been Mr. Kack and me. See you next week, and I love all you beautiful, beautiful people. Remember... Since springtime's coming, y'all gonna be humping like rabbits because the birds are chirping and the bees are stinging. Be careful. Be safe. Be knowledgeable. Be forewarned. And you know what? Be generous with your love. With your partner. I get. I don't. I don't uh, see you next week. Bye.